Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading the airport, right? Yeah, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra $0.25 a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a $0.25 a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR. Very freaking early morning, Roxy Soxy. Goodness gracious, you got me up early today. Good afternoon, Sam. Oh, good Sam. afternoon. I'm sure you're having a great old time in the after freaking noon. I know it's almost done. The day is almost done. Uh, it was not. It's always, it's, this happens to me. I don't know if it's, like, I know we believe in manifestation, but now I realize that I can probably manifest bad things to happen too, because every time I have something that's important to me, or something that I really want to enjoy the next day. My freaking kid is like sick or up or there's an issue. And I don't know why that happens. Do you know what is so weird too, Tamman? We just got out of Mercury, just got out of retrograde too. So actually it should be the opposite of all these things happening to you right now. I, I feel like Mercury is always in retrograde. <laughs> I think so, when you're a parent, it's always technically in retrograde, right? Yeah. So what's been happening over there? Oh my God. Well, it's just fucking, you know, it's Cali, baby. I'm like ready <laughs> for the fall. I'm ready for the fall. I'm here for it. We're finally like, it's finally cooling off a little bit. Like we're going into like this nice season. And of course, you know, I my do daughter, love fall. don't you love fall? Don't you love fall? I feel There's like no my fall here, but yeah, I love fall. <laughs> Wait, you guys don't have fall there in Australia. I mean, we do, but it's now going into summer. So I'm not, I'm yeah. like, where are the pumpkins? <laughs> like we're, I'm Googling yesterday, pumpkin patch in Queensland. And it's like nil results come up all the time. And I'm like, where do I buy Halloween costumes? And they're like negative. No one here celebrates Halloween. No one Wait, here is- celebrates Thanksgiving. There's no Thanksgiving. Wait, is Halloween not a thing there? Nobody dresses not up? really a thing. It's like for kids. It's like, you know, which kind of should have been all along. <laughs> but it's so much more fun when we participate, you know? It, it is so much more fun when we participate. Um, But yeah, so I'm probably just gonna have to be like a dirty little nurse because there's no other costumes. <laughs> Ooh, Sean's gonna love that. The slutty nurse, right? Or the slutty so pirate? What- yeah it's the always the go-to it's like why why are we always have to go into that group of like the, right right yeah yeah but anyway so that's probably what i'm gonna be a slutty nurse what are you gonna okay. be this year okay um well you know i'm sure my daughter's gonna change her mind like the last minute right now we're doing zombie superheroes so we're like wow i didn't zombie. know they went together but sure <laughs> yeah, i know i know apparently now it's a thing to her i would now, i would think you'd want to be alive to be a save the world <laughs> you would think you would one would think one would think it would not be like the walking dead meets like wonder woman but right apparently right. in our house it is but i know what's going to happen she's going to the day before halloween change her mind and have a full blown fucking <laughs> you know tantrum. she's a woman I, she's right? a woman. She's a woman. She's a woman. She's a woman. 
Got to let her change her mind. Got to let her change her mind. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, we're going as um, we're going as the Lion King, which is so freaking oh, boring. I love that one. No, I mean, is it though? It's like Reliance. I mean, that's how's that going to be on Instagram? You know what I mean? You- it's like yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll post is like of Lions. <laughs> People are not going to like that post. Wait a bit. How are you going to like sexyify it? I'm going to be a sexy lion. Okay. <laughs> Nala was sexy. Okay. So just go with it. Okay. Um, we're gonna go with it. But going, but talking about things that have nothing to do <laughs> with Halloween. <laughs> Let's talk about mental health. Um, Roxy, this next guest, I like, it's, I'm just so mad at myself that I'm like underslept and like underwashed and all the things because, (laughs) okay. So his book really did. I was just came out of having Lennon. I was in total postpartum. Um, Hmm. My postpartum period with Lennon was much better than Phoenix's, but I was still struggling um, Hmm. mentally. I was still struggling with my repetitive thoughts, negative thoughts. And, you know, I'm, I'm such a big person for titles when I look up books and I'd read like Lennon Doyle's book and Mm -hmm. Renee Brown. And I was like, I need something else. I would hike like two hours a day to get away from my children and baby. Um, and I'd go up Runyon Canyon in, in Los Angeles. And I heard of this book, like unfuck yourself. And I was like, wow, it's such like an intense title, you know, like unfuck Mm. yourself. And I'm like, I feel like I need to unfuck myself or get fucked. No, um, I unfuck (laughs) myself. And I listened to this book in probably like a day and a half on audible hiking up the up, up the um up Runyon. and mm. i've listened to it at least three to four times since and the author gary john bishop is like one of my favorite he just is no bullshit about how he talks about ways to help our mental health and get ourselves out of a rut um and i told you about the book and i mean it's pretty incredible you know what? I also am super into him because he also shares my favorite word, which is fuck. Fucking fuck, oh, fuck, yeah. fuck. And like, yeah. I love it because I'm like, uh, also my favorite word. Well, he's Irish, so. I love this. Yeah. I love this. Yes. I love this. So welcome, Gary John Bishop. Yeah. Woo! All right. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Scottish, by the way, but it's close. Oh, Scottish. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Uh-oh. I've been to both. I've been to both. My accent, when I do my accent for acting, I just kind of, I'm somewhere in the middle there. So. <laughs> my accent's somewhere in the middle down too. I've been in the States for a long time, so yeah. I've got two accents. I love it. I love it. Well, firstly, thank you so much for coming. Mm-hmm. Um, I listened to your book in literally one session and it really helped me. Um, my question is, why did you write this book? Can you tell us a little bit about your background and what gave yeah. you um, the motivation to put this um, to, to paper? Yeah. Um, I, so, you know, I've, I've, about 15 years ago, I, I started to do some personal development work. I uh, started off by doing a workshop, believe it or not, which I had zero interest in doing. I was, it was definitely one of those eye-rolling things for me. I didn't want to do any kind of personal growth where the whole thing sounded like bullshit to me. Mm-hmm. But uh, but a member of my family asked me if I would do it. So I did it. And um, it was very eye-opening. It was um, really exposed me in a way of thinking that I hadn't really considered. Mm-hmm. And that set me on my pathway. And then I ended up becoming, you know, a senior program director for a really big personal growth company. I traveled all over the world doing that and it was great and it was it was a great career but it wasn't it wasn't it was kind of like somebody else's stuff i wanted mm-hmm. to think for myself and mm-hmm. and so i quit that and uh, um i started my own private coaching business 
And mm-hmm. somewhere along the process there, you know, uh, one of my marketing people said, you know, you should write a book. And mm-hmm. I just had no interest in that either. I just thought, what a terrible idea. But, mm-hmm. uh, but I kind of talked myself into it. And, and, and I talked myself into it because there was nothing really in that kind of personal growth or self-help genre that really appealed to me. It all seemed, to me, it all seemed a lot of woo-woo, which mm-hmm. never really spoke to me. So it, I wrote that book kind of like like the Sex Pistols answer to Ario Speedwagon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I love the title of the book, obviously, Unfuck Yourself. It's so amazing and so descriptive. And just from looking at your social media and looking at um, the things that you post, it seems like a lot of what you're saying is that we actually, as individuals, hold the power, you know, mm-hmm. to change our destiny and to change our lives and that we really kind of stand in our own way a lot of the time um and basically fuck ourselves up so mm-hmm. how exactly do we unfuck ourselves mm-hmm. yeah I, I think i think it all begins with some element of truth mm-hmm. i think we live with the idea that we do tell ourselves the truth when in fact it's not the case i think we are overcoming machines we overcome and we're constantly mm-hmm. overcoming and overcoming and overcoming. We make okay a bunch of shit that's not okay. We are, and and we convince ourselves that it's too difficult or too challenging or impossible or whatever. And you know, it's it all comes down to just fundamentally living the safest life that we can, even if that life's bullshit. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll 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 actually fight to keep that together um, rather than strike for something new. And that's. Really what I'm always out to poke at people is to say, to, to really catch yourself in your mm-hmm. own little web of thoughts and, and mm-hmm. you notice what you're doing to yourself. Like notice what you're doing. And, and I think a lot of the time we're noticing what other people are doing to us or what the world's doing to us. But I say, spend a little more time looking at what you're doing to yourself and, and how mm-hmm. you're trapping yourself. And, and once you get a glimpse of that, it's like, you get exposed to something that you know that's far deeper and far more prevalent than maybe you'd considered. So interesting you say that because I wake up every single morning in a funk. Every yeah. morning. <clears throat> and I know we've talked about this a lot on our show about automatic negative thoughts. And I have trained myself. I was you know, an overweight teen. I lost the weight. I then had eating disorders. I was on a TV show very young at 14 years old, 15 years old. I have this like level of perfection that is unattainable. Um, And so, and and because of all the rejection I've also had in my life because of the nature of the business, it's like, I'm constantly feeling like I'm not, I'm less than I'm not good enough. I compare myself now. Has it gotten better over the years? Yes. Have I been able to notice those triggers? Absolutely. But I do wake up every single day in a negative headspace. And that is just years of hardwiring. And it's very hard to shift that. Like it's not easy. And, you know, I know a lot of people on my Instagram say like, oh my goodness, I never knew that that happened to you or to other people. Cause I just thought I was the anomaly. I thought I was the only person that would wake up and have those negative thoughts and then try to shift them. And then they ask me, well, how do you shift them? And I don't really have probably the answers that you do. For me, it's about movement. Like I can't stay stuck 
in the feeling, in the loneliness, in the sadness, in the anxiety for too long, I physically have to move my body. Mm. And you say that in your book, you say like you physically have like to be unstuck, like you have to do something like you are not your thoughts, you are what you do. Um, Can you explain that that concept a little bit more? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, the simple way to look at it would be um, if you were your thoughts, you'd had you'd have different ones. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, no one wakes up in the morning and says, all right, let me get down with these fucking shitty thoughts. You know, um, no, they're involuntary. They're automatic. They come up, which is a kind of strange thing to kind of consider for a moment that you are not. In other words, you're not your internal state. You are not how you feel. You are feeling that way. You are having those thoughts, but they're not you. And like I said, the reason you know that is because you would have different ones if you had a fucking choice, right? I mean, most people would like to wake up and say to themselves, I'm fucking amazing and the world is my oyster. Watch out, here I come. But it's not how it goes. We wake up and go, oh shit, not again. And this is too much. And I burned out. And fuck this bullshit and whatever else you say to yourself. Mm-hmm. Those are all automatic. They're all like you were pointing to, cyclical. And you know that they've they started at a young age, and here they are. The problem with them is, the more you actually observe them and look at them and try and fix them and cheer them up and make them different, that you're actually giving them life. So you're actually now engaging with them. Right. So it's kind of a little bit of quantum physics there. Right. Like the universe shifts under other or rather um, uh, molecules change under observation. Right. So mm. you're observing yourself. You're going internal. I shouldn't feel this way, which is which is often at the base of it. Like it's like I feel this way, but somehow I shouldn't. And so I say to people, no, that's appropriate to your wiring. What, why the fuck would you expect to feel any different? Um, acknowledge it. It's there. You're more like a vessel. You're not a location for this shit. It passes through. And we all have it to one degree or another. The noise is a little different from one person to the next person. It says different things from one person to the next person. But uh, but if you get what drives a human being, it makes sense. Human beings are driven to get better. So, yeah, of course, you would need some internal mechanism to overcome, overcome, overcome. So um, I say to people... Just breathe, catch it for a moment, even write down what is it you're saying to yourself. And then say, look at any of your life. What are the actions that are consistent with the life you want to take? Those actions aren't always easy. They're not always massive. Sometimes the little things. Like, you know, typically I would lay in bed. All right, well, I'm going to get up. Or typically I would, you know, call in late to work. I'm going to go on time. Um but to look at your life and study, look outside of your internal state. What are the things in your life you can begin to impact? And it all begins in those actions. And uh, plenty of people have had this experience of doing things and kind of getting lost in the thing. And then your internal state actually changes. It shifts. It moves. So less internalizing, more externalizing, more kind of getting out there and starting to interact with people. Even though you might not feel that way, that's okay to step out there and, and start, you know, interacting with life itself rather than what you think about it. You know, I think a lot of things, for a lot of people, myself included, um, change can be very scary. You know, it can be very hard. Yeah. 
um, and it can be uncomfortable, you know, and it's, it's meant to be, you know, kind of like a disruptor, you know, it's a, it's a disruptor of your life. It's a disruptor of your maybe possibly relationships. Yeah. So how do you, for somebody that feels stuck, but wants to make a change needs yeah. to make a change. How do you sort of go about that and, and, and do that, make that first step. And then also how do you kind of, because if you feel like, when do you know the difference between it being a hard, just hard or going mm-hmm. against something like inside of you, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like a gut, like, how do you yeah. discern that? I don't, I'm not, I mean, I'll, this is a very unpopular thing I'm about to say, right? Mm-hmm. So, but I'm going to fucking say it anyway. So, um, mm, do it. <laughs> you're a big proponent of your gut. Mm-hmm. I can, I can, I can shift your gut with a fucking half decent martini. Um, mm. So I tend to take a different approach. Um, mm. And and I think if you observe your internal state a lot, like I've not only observed mine, I've coached people through theirs. And there's, there's times when it's lined up and it's right, mm. right? And then there's all those other times when it's just fucking plain wrong, right? Mm. And I ignore those ones because I'm into my intuition, right? But if mm-hmm. I actually observed the whole thing, I'd be like, well, some things are right, some things not so much, which is okay. Mm-hmm. So if you if you look at back at some of the great philosophers, um, and some of whom were in the psychology field, but mostly ontology and phenomenology and places like that, mm-hmm. um, you know, they would say you, you're 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 a being, you're a fucking human being. Mm-hmm. And you're always being one way. Or another way, there's no neutral state for you as a human being. You're always one way or another. Mm-hmm. Part of the problem is we're not always keyed into like what, what way am I being right now? Mm-hmm. And you'll notice, like in familiar situations, you, you're very kind of distinct way, and, mm-hmm. and you're like, and you've become that way. In fact, you've become that way to such a degree that you even identify yourself in terms of it, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, like I'm hardworking or I'm this way, or I'm that way. Mm-hmm. You actually talk about yourself in terms of those kind of defined ways that you've mm-hmm. become. Um, mm-hmm. I should add, by the way, that when you started life, you were not defined by those ways. Um, it's mm-hmm. a process that happens over the course of your life. Mm-hmm. But, um, but that's kind of the crossroads where people live. People live at the crossroads of wanting change, mm-hmm. but kind of being addicted to the familiar, not the comfortable, which is, I, I assert you don't have a comfort zone. I assert you have a familiar zone mm-hmm. and, and that's mostly where, where you're stuck. You're stuck in the familiar because the risk of change is too intimidating, but, but it's supposed to be, I mean, mm-hmm. all the freaking great things you did in your life, you did mm-hmm. most, mostly when you were afraid, mostly when you thought you couldn't mm-hmm. like well, look at all your great accomplishments. Mm-hmm. You weren't doing it like, oh, I'm fucking going to nail this. You know, you, mm-hmm. it wasn't like that. It was like, shit, I don't know if I can, or, but I'm going to give it a go. Or, mm-hmm. and, but as we get older, we want to take, we want to do that less and less and less and less. Mm-hmm. And I say, you need to push out and do more and more and more of that because you are highly equipped to live this life at the highest levels of your own expression, mm-hmm. no matter what you might tell yourself about that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think people get older and I mean, I know I do. I have two kids. Roxy has a kid. It's like I had this fight with my husband two days ago and I'm really good now at having the fight then sitting down with myself and trying to figure out my trigger 
And my trigger is always based in fear. Mm. It's always based in control. And lack of control is fear. So if I have an issue with flying, it's because I can't control the plane and I fear death. Or if I'm having a fight with my husband, the other day I was, we had a fight. It was ridiculous about the fact that I was afraid that he was going to get in a bad mood. (laughs) That was what the fight was about. And then he ended up being in a bad mood. It was a self-fulfilling prophecy (laughs) because I literally made him in a bad mood. I was like, you're going to be in a bad mood. You're going to be in a bad mood. And I sat with myself, I'm like, why am I so afraid he's in a bad mood? I'm so afraid he's in a bad mood if he's in a bad mood because I feel it's an indication of myself that maybe I'm not good enough fear. And if I'm not good enough, maybe he'll leave me. And if he leaves me, then who am I without him? And then I'm alone. And then if I'm alone, I'm scared about that. Anyway, I told you my whole life story. (laughs) Um, But fear has always been a constant in my life and it's never really gone away. And I do it in spite of the fear. You talk about uncertainty and the fact that like, if we don't embrace uncertainty, we'll never really be free. We'll never really be happy because there's Mm -hmm. only one thing that is true in life. And that is that it's not certain. Right. And, and I want you to get, and for all your listeners, you're fucking brilliant in uncertainty. Mm-hmm. I mean, you might not like it, mm-hmm. but you're brilliant in it. Like, it's where your genius comes to the surface and uncertainty. It's where you solve big things. It's where you find new. It's where you take life on in different ways. Because we ultimately become fucking bored by this certainty that we've created, this little world. Mm-hmm. But then sit there intimidated by what's uncertain, even though dancing in that uncertainty is what gave us the world we're in right now. So the life you have right now is a product of your ability to produce in the uncertain. And it's and what human beings then try to do is catch it, save mm-hmm. it. Like I took all these risks and I did all these things. Everybody just fucking stop, don't move, right? It's perfect. Or mm-hmm. it's close mm-hmm. to like the life that I, th- I mean, I'll, there might be other things that I want, but this is as close to the life that I thought I should have. Mm-hmm. But it's, your, your life is a function of you. And I, and I say this a lot. It's, it's burning down and building and burning down and building and burning down and building. And, and, and that's where you really get your ability to thrive. And, and, and then you have this, this kind of, um, this kind of knowledge that no matter how fucked up it gets, you pull through because you do. You no matter how choice. <laughs> you pull through, right? And you produce. Mm-hmm. And and so that was something I, I discovered for myself about maybe a dozen years ago when mm. I just relaxed. I'm like, I, it doesn't matter how fucked up this gets. I'm equipped. I don't like it when it's fucked up. I hate it. Mm-hmm. Right. This is shitty and I want it. But but I know uh, that I can that I can steer my way through this thing and, and that I'm resourceful. Um, but you lose touch with that resourcefulness when you get stuck in that certain little fucking hamster wheel. You know, you lose touch with your magic. And, um, and, and people are fucking magical. You get people a shot at it. They're fucking great. Like, they'll blow your fucking mind with the shit they can do and come up with. And, and that's always the big highlight of my work. You know, the people who contact me and say, I did this and I did this and I did this because they, something got let up and off they went. And that's, mm-hmm. That's the shit right there. 
Mm-hmm. That is the shit. Um, you know, I think too, Tam and I talk about this a lot with our husbands, you know, cause we've both been married like over 10 years and you know, when you're with somebody after a while, you know, I mean, it just, you know, you have your ups and downs, right? So it's like, yeah. When you're sort of in the throes of, let's say, like a low period, it's hard yeah. not to blame the other person. It's mm-hmm. hard to blame not- game. Exactly. Yeah. It's hard to not That's use right. the word you, you know, and yeah. it's hard to be self-reflective and really yeah. see. But so if you have like a partner that's not, let's say, as self-reflective as you, I mean, how do you kind of like thrive and grow in that if it's yeah. you know you feel stunted like how do you so how do you I know. I know it's fucked up, <laughs> um, so fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> um, relationships so, are hard yeah. well, well, that's, that's the story right that's what we well, that's mm-hmm. what we can accompany believe but mm-hmm. but we are we're raised in an environment of blame um you know you were born in an environment of blame and you very quickly picked up on you know when what what blame does and what it explains and and so um it's little wonder that as adults it's just uh, i mean and in every environment by the way at home at work it's it's a daily quest to just find out who's to blame mm-hmm. um which is again it's all outside of you and mm-hmm. even when we blame ourselves there's some element of getting off the hook about that too Right, mm-hmm. even when I'm blaming myself for something, it doesn't quite have me face up to the reality of my own kind of humanity, if you like. Mm-hmm. Um, so, being in being in a relationship with with, with another human being, um, I don't have this kind of Pollyannish view of it. I, I like that you argued with your husband, mm-hmm. right? I, I think that's fucking awesome. I think you should argue, but just don't make it a way of life, right? Like if you're arguing. Like if you're if you're getting hung up on things, which is where we do, we get we get stuck on the kind of righteousness, the being right of it certain things. And once you get that charge in your fucking chest, mm-hmm. and you know you're right, but but ultimately you have to at some level really consider what this is doing, mm-hmm. right? Because this is somebody on this hand you're saying I love you, but let me drive you down the dark hole where you're wrong. And I'm right, right? So it never works, ultimately. Um, and then it becomes this tit for tat. Like, aha, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or we'll say, well, I'm not going to be right about this, but I'll save it for later. Mm-hmm. So the later when shit comes up, I'll mm-hmm. fucking roll it out then. Mm-hmm. Um, so we lose sight of what we really want a relationship to be about. Because... And, I've, and I do have a new relationship book coming out in January, believe it or not. Oh, we'll get that one. Yep. <laughs> Should be called 10 Years Marriage with Your yeah. Bow and Chain. How to survive. That's the title. It's how to survive. Right. Unfuck your marriage. Yeah. <laughs> or fuck in your marriage. Yeah. I mean, look, it's, it's a challenge. It's a challenge to be related. But the biggest challenge is with yourself being related to another. It seems like, you know, They've got their shit, whatever. But, but ultimately, you need yeah. to understand you're the one with the fucking buttons. You know, you need to address your own buttons. They might have theirs, but that's none of your fucking business, mm-hmm. right? You mm-hmm. need to be like, all right, what are mine? What? Because I think at some level, you have to realize you have to get sick of you living this way with yourself. Yeah. Like, what the yeah. fuck am I doing? Like, I, I hate when I'm like this. I mean, no one likes it when they're, 
I mean, you kind of enjoy it when you're angry, right? You're kind of mm. in the Oh, it feels so good. All that dopamine oh, that's dropping. Yeah. Oh, it feels great. And then, yeah, it's yeah. fucking like, and then a little later, you're sitting going, oh, fuck, like, what am I doing? Like, this mm. is, and then, and then you're in clean up mode, right? Mm-hmm. Which isn't really clean up mode. It's just let me do something for you. And hopefully you get the fucking message, right? It's yeah. not really like clean up. Like, I need to clean up some mess that I make here. Um, so it's not about being perfect in relationship, mm. but it is being somebody who's willing to, to take on the idea that while you're in a relationship with another, because there's so much of this thing about you do for me, I do for you, you do for mm-hmm. me, I do for you, which I don't operate that way at all in my relationship. And if you added both your the, the length of time you've been married, I've been married for longer than that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and I and I and I was in marriage, by the way, just exactly the way most people are in marriage, right? Which is, you know, I'm doing something for you, <laughs> you know, and so mm-hmm. you fucking yep. do something back for me. Yeah. And, I'm, and I'm sitting there like keeping score, like mm-hmm. one, you know, right? No, no, you didn't fucking. So I, I thought there was a point in my life where I'm like, fuck this fifty fifty bullshit. I can't do it. It's exhausting. Mm-hmm. And what I started to take on was. Was, was being the guy and being the person in this relationship mm. that reflected how I want this relationship to go. Like, I want my relationship to be about love and adventure and passion. Like, I want it to be about that. And I'd spent so long looking at my wife, waiting for her to come up with the goods. Yeah, yeah. When yeah. I realized, fuck, I've, I've, this, I've got to create this. i got to do this. Like, and it became, yeah. it's become like one of life's joys. It's where I... It's where I get to express myself. And, mm-hmm. you know, one of the things that I also let my wife off the hook for big mm-hmm. time is that she has to be anybody else. Yeah. Um, they're in a shitty mood. Because when we fall in love with them, they're themselves. And then somewhere along the way, maybe it's because of kids, maybe it's because we grow up and we're like, we like start to try to change the little things that... <laughs> Like we never changed that when we first met them. We just loved them like they were. And my biggest issue with my husband, sorry, husband, is that like he, we have a very different way of fighting. Like for me, when I feel fear and lack of control, I attack. And for him, he shuts down. But his shutdown is very scary for me. His shutdown feels like being shut out, feels like being ghosted. And for him, he's like, well, that's totally socially acceptable. Like if you're on the street and you shut down, no one's going to be like, that's a crazy person over there. But if you're yelling like I do, they're like, well, that person needs some help. Um, But I'm like, it's the same thing. I know you think it's different, but it's triggering each other in different ways. You don't like to be not yelled. I don't yell, but I get more intense. So you don't like me to be more intense. I don't like you to shut down. But like, it took me 30 something years to, to go, wait, wait, wait. And this even happened the other day. I was like, oh my God, his shutting down has nothing to do with me. It has nothing to do with me. It has, it's because it's a way for him to protect himself or to put up his wall because he's in pain. And the minute I was like, oh my goodness, he's suffering but his suffering looks different than the way I suffer. Mm. I was able to like almost take myself out of the situation and forgive him and love him knowing that that's his bullshit. That, and, the, and that's the way that he deals with his emotions. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it's like you were saying, it's like, it's, it's not, yeah, it's not, mm-hmm. it's not Al, stop, stop making it about us all the time. The way they react is not us, it's their shit. Right. Which is 
So also another blame. I'm like, it's your problem. No, 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 no. Look, look, look. See, one of the things that I don't do is, and, and, it's, and it's natural for us as human beings, is we are, we're really into causality. We're really into, like, that thing made this thing, okay? Mm-hmm. Which right. is not the case, and it's never the fucking case. And you can go all the way back into your past and say, that thing made me this way. And that is not the fucking case. And there's nowhere in neuroscience that they, you could get that proved, right? Because mm-hmm. because it's, it's too fucking linear. It's too, like, that made this mm-hmm. no there's that and then there's kind of what i added to that myself and then there's what else was going on in my life and then there's the condition of society that i live in and then there was my family and my situation mm-hmm. so there's all these pieces and then you mm-hmm. went but we so are desperate to go to that thing this thing that thing this thing so we do it in relationships too it's like you're that way therefore i'm this way mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. if, if that's your reasoning, if that's a logic you're going to apply, you're fucked. Mm-hmm. Because now you're just a fucking puppet for whoever you're around. Mm-hmm. So rather than saying, you know, you're that way, therefore I'm this way, it might be you're that way. And when you're that way, I, I, I feel the urge and I'm compelled to be this way. Mm-hmm. Which is very different because now I'm in, kind of interacting with myself a little differently. I'm kind of mm-hmm. like, you're, you're being that way and I get that. Mm-hmm. And usually when I'm around that, this is my automatic. This is where I go. So, but one of the things that you did that was really great is you kind of got a little glimpse of your husband's humanity. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, there's so much emphasis on like fixing your issues and all this fucking bullshit rather than just getting where somebody's at. Mm-hmm. And we're not always in the same spot. And and, and then that becomes a problem because we're not in the same spot. No, we're not in the same fucking spot. You're where you're at and I'm where I'm at. And that's more like what we need to work out, not to get me or you in a different spot, but how do we make this work? How, how can we make this workable for ourselves and for our family? Um, and, and, and it's supposed to be fucking challenging. There's nothing like people have got this idea in their head that, you know, you should be fucking rolling around eating grapes and, you know, they've got a fucking oiled bronze body fucking munching on parts of cows. <laughs> like, Where is this place? I want to go yeah, here. No. <laughs> <The> address. <Right. laughs> Please send me their Instagram account. So, I'll reach out. So it's, it's, but there's that ideal in our head. And the background of our thoughts is how this is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And then that's how this is. Should, and right? that's Shoulds. where we get fucked up. That's yeah. where we get screwed up. Rather than being like, well, wait a minute. How is this? And and how can I explore this from like and then you see people's real like like what it is to live authentically and, and to be with another human being authentically without any standard or ideal or or some fucking fantasy rolling about in our head. Mm. It's just really hard too, because I know for me, um, you know, you kind of have to have show your vulnerability which is mm-hmm. very hard for me. It's like, yeah. I have a shield up and guns blazing when I'm like, you know, yeah. in confrontation. And it just, it, it's, it's one of those things. It's so hard to surrender to like yeah. just being vulnerable, you know? So right. like, what is like, the, how do we do this? Like, I always say to myself, you know, especially like in the heat of the moment, let's say we're in an argument or something. 
Yeah. I, I'm telling myself, like, I know that I should be more vulnerable and show my, you know, human yeah. side and, but mm-hmm. it's really hard to do. And it doesn't yeah. always happen for me. So yeah. Like, well, how do we do well you just did it, right? So you yeah. just, you just did it like right now. <laughs> <laughs> but then, why did, why don't I do it then? Why don't I actually well, follow but through? I, but I want you to know though, like you yeah. said, you're really challenged by being vulnerable. I don't think you are. Um, cause you just fucking did it the drop of a hat. You, you shared a little bit about yourself and what it's like to be you and mm-hmm. what you wrestle with. So you just did it. Um, I think part of the thing when part of the thing we really struggle with in relationships is this kind of tit for tat. Mm-hmm. Where we feel like, well, if I say this, you'll just fucking use this later. Right. Mm-hmm. Which is a big component. Um, but, but again, these kind of breakthroughs happen for me when I realized when I really, you know, I'm somebody who likes to, like, I'll take the layer back and the layer back and the layer back and I'll actually get to that. I'll get, I'll actually get to, this is what this is really about for me, mm-hmm. right? And more often than not, when I get to what it's really about, mm. it's fucking ridiculous. Like, it's just ridiculous. It's like, like, it's not, it's some concern I had when I was seven. It's not mm-hmm. even an adult concern, right? Mm-hmm. Or even if it is an adult concern, if I dig again, I'll see, and I'll I'll see that even if all that shit does happen, mm. so fucking what? Mm-hmm. So what? You know. So, um, I think one of the things that you've got to really get is 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 to identify what are the things, and and it's very specific things. Mm. By the way, it seems like it's a lot of shit, and it's not. Mm-hmm. It's a couple of things that get you hooked, and when you're mm-hmm. caught. You're fucking hooked. There's no getting off that thing. Like mm-hmm. you said, you know, I'm, I'm angry and I'm in it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But I could put in a practice when I might say, you know what? I am fucking pissed right now and I'm going to walk out of here. I'm going to go sit down over there mm-hmm. because the shit that will fall out of my mouth won't be good for anybody. Mm-hmm. That would be being responsible for your current state, like what you're, where you're at. Mm-hmm. Or you might barf your fucking guts up, right? Mm-hmm. And say it all. And all mm-hmm. the shit and soul intended to wound and hurt and mm-hmm. diminish. And, mm-hmm. you know, def- I mean, we, we like to say defend, but it's a very kind of attacky defense. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. It's like, we like to say I'm defending myself, but how I'm right. myself is by fucking it's punching at the it's same offense. time. Yeah, it's yeah. offense. Like, yeah. And, yeah. and, you know, I, I think there's another side to it too, though. I think you got to realize you got to have a little bit of room for yourself. Like, mm-hmm. you're a human being. You're not supposed to be fucking, you know, contrary to what you might think. You're not supposed to be perfect, mm-hmm. right? You're perfectly you, right? Which is about as close to perfect as you're ever going to get. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a great deal of like um, forgiveness for self, mm-hmm. but holding oneself accountable. Like I'm accountable. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but but the big the big temptation is that when I'm kind of working through my own shit. Mm-hmm is that I'm kind of looking at yours, seeing what you need to work on, mm-hmm. or seeing how you play out with this dynamic. You, the, as a practice, you got to stop. You just got to fucking stop. You can't make somebody shift to make life more comfortable for you. Mm-hmm. And what you want to do is say, all right, I'm going to work on myself here and mm-hmm. until I'm actually okay with where you're at. Mm-hmm. And if I can't ever get myself to be okay with where you're at, 
then I got to ask myself a whole other set of questions, mm-hmm. yeah, which sometimes includes like, you know, the relationship's not working and, and I'm not willing to, to put that work in anymore, um, which is another kind of f- forbidden, you know, like we don't talk about ending it because mm-hmm. we feel as if the only way to end it is, is in some kind of fucking war. Mm. We do this with our kids though, too. It's interesting that you said like we put our shit on our partners and friends and family members. Sure. Of course. That's like the obvious, right? Yeah. But we do it to our kids too. Like, you know, um, COVID we, I had to homeschool my kid for a year and a half and, you know, all kids are behind right now. And because it's, it's not my fault, it's the situation, but I feel like, you know, I, I push her to be more academically where she should be right now, even though it's really COVID's fault. And it's really because I feel shame that I didn't do the best job, even though I should have forgiven myself and be like, well, who's doing the best job in COVID being a teacher? I'm not a teacher. And it's right at, at, at Roxy and I are at the point where this is when they're reading and writing. It's like mm. the base, like the, the foundation of reading and writing was really up to Roxy and I, it was up to mm-hmm. the parents of first graders. Yeah. And you know, mm-hmm. I, because I feel shame then like last night she was reading and I was like, come on, you know that word. And I'm like, oh my God, Tamman, shut up. Like, this is not about you. It's not about your failure. Like she's yeah. trying. And it's like, we do this to our kids. And we also put all our shit onto like how much we want them to succeed and how, what school we want them to go to, how we want them to act in public, how mm-hmm. we don't want them to have tantrums. And I'm like, that's a hard one for me. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I get oh. that. I think the thing, cause you can still hear that culture of blame. Mm. You still hear it, right? I mean, it's in all your speaking and it's, and that's, Unfortunately, that's the environment we're raised in. I, that's one of the first things that I say to people is, this is one of the things you've got to take on, like your fucking life depends on it. This culture of blame, like who's to blame? What's to blame? It doesn't serve anything. Mm-hmm. All it gives you is some kind of explanation. So when I look at this whole COVID thing, I mean, it's been fucking unbelievably challenging for people mm-hmm. like well, the world over, right? And to one degree or another, but I think challenge kind of encapsulates what what people have been facing. Um, mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, and I, and, I, and I do this with my own children, you know, we went through much the same thing, right? Um, in fact, two of my kids are still homeschooled now, even though they've mm-hmm. gone back to school. Two of my kids are now still homeschooled. Um, you know what? I, what I, I say the same thing. My ch- children. This is the condition. This is what we're in. Now, what do we need to do? So, rather than this did it, and I, I did it, and you did it, and I did it, I, I've really been very cognizant of and very conscious of instilling in my kids. We're mm-hmm. we're not going to look outside of ourselves. We're going to say, okay, this is happening. Mm-hmm. How do we adjust? What do we do? Like I'm always looking about what we now need to do. Because mm. in life, there's just going to be so many things that come along that you just never saw fucking coming. Mm. And, and it'll take your breath away. Um, and, and you'll get shocked sometimes by it. So I'm always like stopping. And again, to take myself away from that culture of blame that we get so hooked into when it's so easy mm. to get open to. I say, well, let's stop there. Given this, now what? And one of the things that I've definitely learned about not only my children, but coaching a lot of people over the years. Um, your kids are on to you. Like, they just, 
you're full of shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got to just stop pretending like you've got your shit together. <laughs> you got to just be authentic. Now, that doesn't mean you say you download all your bullshit on them. It's not like that at all. But but with my kids, you know, I'll say to them, you know, I don't I don't have it all worked out, you know, but we're, we're kind of go with what I'm saying, you know. Like, I don't have it all worked out, but we're going this way. Um, because I want them to be authentic. And I want them to acknowledge when it's not okay. And I want them to acknowledge when they don't have a figure that. And I want them to catch themselves mm-hmm. in the trap of things mm-hmm. that we get trapped in. So I think I think a big part of being an authentic parent is is finally acknowledging it yourself. You don't have all this worked out and it's okay. Mm-hmm. You, you can work a lot of shit out. You're, again, you know, when you just let go of the press of have to, have to, have to, should, 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 mm-hmm. and start to deal with what's in front of you, the reality of what's in front of you, your children and, the, and their education, and then just step out from there. And I, and I know there's a big temptation of, Again, those standards and how things should be and comparing yourself to other people. But um, but there's there's no fucking cheese down that tunnel for you as a human being, like none. Mm-hmm. Um, you always have to deal with what's right in front of your face. The rest is just noise. And mm-hmm. and the less that you focus on that and the more you give your attention to what's in front of your face, you actually mm-hmm. see not only you're happier, but um, but you'll be way more effective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think with our kids, you know, it's, you're constantly trying to, you know, set good examples and teach them, but when it comes to, and you want to break the cycle of like the blame game for sure, Um, but also kind of want to teach them about accountability, you know, and accountability within themselves. So how do we do that without going down the wrong, you know, the wrong direction of the blame game? Yeah, I think that's, I mean, that's a fucking brilliant question. I say so, right? Because because the word accountability and the word responsibility, we've got them all together with blame. Mm-hmm. So whenever somebody says I'm responsible, like yeah, you, right? Like rather than oh, this person's taking ownership right now, mm-hmm. right? Like this is something to be acknowledged, right? Mm-hmm. So my children will tell you, you know, if I if I rolled all three of them in here right now, and I said mm-hmm. to you, and and you already asked him, what does your dad do? If he's caught you lying about something, my kids will know that telling you the truth, we'll just talk, right? But if you double down on your lie, we got a fucking problem, right? Mm-hmm. Because being responsible is a good thing. It's a good thing. You acknowledge you made a mistake, you made an error. Like, I have, I have zero problem with any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like the, 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 the example that I like to use is an example of driving your car. Mm-hmm. Um, you drive your car responsibly. Mm-hmm. You drive your car like you're accountable. You drive your car like ownership. Mm-hmm. You don't fucking drive it like you're to blame. <laughs> you know, like, holy fucking shit, right? Um, you really, you take on like this corner, that, oh, there's a car. Like, mm-hmm. and if, imagine you lived your life that way. Mm-hmm. And even if like somebody crashes their car into my car, mm-hmm. they did that. Right, they're the one who did that. I got that, and now I'm going to be responsible for how this plays out in my life. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be. Am I going to go down a fucking dark hole with this? Am I going to? Oh, my day is ruined. That's now I'm being irresponsible for how this is impacting me, rather than saying I'm going to be responsible for how this is impacting me. I'm unwilling to have this impact me in a way that takes me down. 
Mm-hmm. See, that's a whole other kind of living. That's like, now you're starting to say, basically, right, shit happens. Mm-hmm. And it's all about how I'm going to respond now, what I'm going to bring to the table and, and how I'm going to how I'm going to live my life. And, and I, you know, like you guys, I'm, I'm not any different. You know, fucking life happens. Stuff happens I didn't want to have happened. Stuff happens I didn't see coming. Mm-hmm. But I always start in the same spot. All right, that's happened. Now what? And that always gives me ideas and incentive and I can step into what's next rather than mm-hmm. dwelling in, you know, who the fuck did what, where, when, and why. Mm-hmm. My biggest, like one of my biggest issues is comparison. I think it's just because I was a young girl in the entertainment business and always like seeing people do better or whatever. Like I'm always comparing yeah. myself and social media is the biggest platform to compare and yet it's sort of half my job as well so it's like Mm -hmm. I want to be doing my job and I want to give back information and help connect people and make them feel less isolated and be a portal to you know to to information but yet when I'm on it by the end of the session of me being on it because it's my work I like don't like myself yeah. Um, I'm constantly comparing myself to, I mean, Instagram keeps changing the algorithms. So it's all about numbers and likes and comments and all yeah. that. And every time they change the algorithm and all the numbers change, I like dislike myself. And then, yeah. you know, it's, it's very hard for me to like, see it like for what it actually is. Mm. Um, I, I have a big issue with it. So how do we stop yeah. comparing ourselves? I don't think, I, I hope that I can say like, I think I'll one day be able to stop, but I don't yeah. know how. I'm so hardwired to compare. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, the first thing you really got to get, you know, and, and, you know, I settled this for myself a number of years ago when I first started using social media, but they're, <laughs> they're literally fucking cats with more followers than me, right? So, <laughs> you know, so... <laughs> And, and I don't think any of those cats are trying to change lives or selling fucking millions of old coaches <laughs> right. around, right? They're the cute. <laughs> so there's a certain, and, and, I, and I make mention of that because there's a certain kind of levity that you have to bring to life from time to time. You have to get how fucking ridiculous you are. Mm. You really mm. have to get that you're ridiculous. Like, what the fuck am I doing, <laughs> right? You have to have the ability to... You know, like one of the things that we do when we get into the spots that you're talking about, we we get very significant, we get very heavy, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, and imagine one of your kids came here and says, Oh, somebody on Instagram's got twenty more followers than me. you know, you'd be like, Oh, for fuck's sake, what mm-hmm. like, but well, and I do have to interrupt, what if that business is so like for example, if you're selling books, what what if that business is important to how you make money? And then what if that means that when, when things don't go a certain way, it means you make less money, which means you have less safety, which means it's all tied up in it, right? It's, it's less about like, oh, am I pretty enough? And more about like, how do I support my family if likes and views and and comments aren't there? And then it becomes a bigger conversation. Yeah. Well, you fucking made this work, didn't you? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i mean so you just you, you just lean into your fucking genius you come up with some other shit right and you would and you totally would because you know one of the things that's made you and i don't even need to know that much about you to know like what your strengths are as a human being one of your strengths mm-hmm. is being creative and you've mm-hmm. done it for a long fucking time but mm-hmm. like a lot of creative people once you get something it's like all right 
it's going to go away. Right. <laughs> yeah. So now I got to keep it. And then you lose your creativity. Mm. You lose touch with how fucking creative you can be and how you can come up with things and resolve things for yourself and, and solve problems for yourself. And, um, and I get it. It's, it's intimidating. Mm -hmm. But that's mm -hmm. when I say to people, you have to have a little more faith in your ability to produce under pressure. How mm -hmm. do I have faith in my ability to produce under pressure? I look at my past. Mm -hmm. I look at that time and that time and then those two times. And then that one time, fucking hell, I've like pulled out of my ass so many times. It's like, <laughs> right? And you have. And, 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 and I can say that without knowing anything about your life. I know you've been someone that when pressed, you've hated it and you've not liked it and you've produced. Mm -hmm. And so that's the one thing that I say to people, you need to kind of comfort yourself with like, when, when the chips are down, you'll step up. Mm -hmm. and, and it might be a it might be a life that you might not want, but that you, you'll get out of it or through it mm -hmm. is without question, without question, you know. Um, so yeah, I, I I understand why there's a lot of weight and a lot of significance added to things mm -hmm. like this. And you know, I'm on social media too, and like I said, there are fucking cats with more followers than I do. Mm -hmm. um, and that's social media. That's how that shit works. It's not mm -hmm. about how fucking great you are, you know. But mm -hmm. the minute that you do that, you start, oh, yeah, this is how great I am. Mm -hmm. that's, 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 again, one of those pathways. There's nothing down there for you, you know. And you can't and, control and think, the numbers, right? You can't control. Right. And, right. and I think the thing that keeps me going in social media is, and I really mean this, like, from the bottom of my fucking heart, you know, mm -hmm. It's about the people. It's not about me. Mm -hmm. So I do it for the people. It's like for the folks that come on there. I don't give a fuck whether there's two people there or 2,000 people. I don't care. Mm -hmm. If there's two people there, let's go. We've got stuff to do and talk about. And and, mm -hmm. and people, you know, because when you make your life about something a little more um, that resonates personally with you, mm -hmm. all the other shit, like I said, is just noise. Mm -hmm. And but we get we get wrapped up in the noise, mm -hmm. and then we lose sight of what this is really about for us as human beings. Like what, you know what 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 mark do I want to leave on the planet? You know, not that you know. Did you ever see their fucking Instagram followers? It was incredible. No, it was more like I did something, or I said something, and, and it made somebody think, and they mm -hmm. made a change, mm -hmm. and they went on and lived this kind of life. Mm -hmm. Ultimately. That's what you, and, and sometimes you have to keep reminding yourself, you know, you, you have to, your life has to be about something. About the why. Mm -hmm. It's personal to you, mm -hmm. one that, one that just fucking rings your bell. Mm -hmm. But is it possible, because I know you say like living in that sort of uncertainty where you're, you know, being creative yeah. and like, you know, opportunities come and things like that. Um, and good things I'm sure, you know, come through that as well, but is it possible yeah. to live happily like that, to live uncertain, yeah. but like be unhappy and kind of not feel that the more stable, like stable waters, you know? Well, I, you know, it's kind of both, right? Like mm -hmm. you can enjoy the stable waters, but don't be afraid of the fucking storm because mm -hmm. you're a queen. It's like, you can enjoy all of that when it's good and things are on an even keel and this is fucking good shit. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, like, you know, my oldest kid is 16 mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, he's going to be on a college in a couple of years and 
that'll fuck this house up, man, when one of these kids mm -hmm. go, you know, because the whole thing is like, we're good, you know, we got three kids, we got, a, we got shit to do, you know. Uh -huh. <laughs> it'll, be a big, it'll be a big upset in here, I know it will. Mm -hmm. um, but we're equipped and he's equipped and, you know, we'll, we'll work our way through it. And, it, and it'll be another phase of my life, my wife's life, as our children get older. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it'll be, a, it'll be a different phase for us. Mm -hmm. and, and it's okay because I don't have to deal with that phase in my life right now. I don't have to worry about that. I'll be, I'll be ready for that mm -hmm. when that's there. What I'm ready for is what's here. And what's here right now, this is the fucking joy of my life. Like, I get to make a difference for people. I get to impact the lives of my children, my wife. I get to be that guy. Mm. And, and you know, I've, I've, I've worked and I've created and I've built, you know, in and, and pursuit of that, if you like. Mm. And um, I'm, I'm not worried about the future because that'll take care of itself because I'll be there for that when it arrives. Mm. You're so true, though, because when you said, like, you'll figure it out, like, how many times have we all been in a situation where we're like, oh my goodness, I don't know what's going to happen yeah. next. I mean, my husband and I have, and kids have been on the road for a year, a year yesterday because COVID hit and we were just kind of miserable in that space. And we were just like, how, how can we change our lives? And we, we thought, well, maybe we can live somewhere other than Los Angeles. Cause it kind of can suck you in and sort of not give you the things that you're looking for. So we went around America mm -hmm. and now we're in Australia because I got a job. Like I, Again, I would thought, well, what are we going to do? And then it's been pushing me in this way to work. Mm -hmm. And now we're waiting to see if the, my next TV show gets picked up. And I haven't been able to work for years because I just had a baby. So it's like, you know, it, it, when you're when you've gotten past, even with my miscarriages, when you've gotten past the pain, mm -hmm. you're like, oh, it makes sense. Mm -hmm. But it just I just wish it would be easier while it was happening, while the, yeah. while, while it was confusing and you're like, Oh, I'm, I've had another miscarriage or I don't know what's going to happen with my career. And when you're in the journey, if right. you could just accept that and be like, well, this is awesome. Like, we don't know what's going to happen. Like, right. we don't know what baby's going to come next, but it's well, like, we're just so, it doesn't feel good. It no. only feels good when you're through it. <laughs> right. Because again, fundamentally we're, we're relating to it. Like this, this thing isn't supposed to be happening. Right. We don't Should. realize that this thing is, in fact, the precursor to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And instead of looking ahead, we keep and I think you got to kind of watch when you're doing that. That's kind of eye on the future. Mm. Um, and then but you kind of miss the opportunity of being alive right now, like mm -hmm. even when it's not good. And mm -hmm. um, there's an opportunity there for you to be alive, to be to remind yourself that this is what life is. It's the whole fucking spectrum. You don't get to cherry pick the good bits mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. because when you're hitting those valleys and you'll fucking hit them and there's more to come, mm -hmm. when you're hitting those valleys, that's the shit you'll be talking about at fucking Starbucks with your friends. Like that's the, sh you're not gonna be like, oh, I tell you about that time play, I realized that I was fucking awesome. Did I ever tell you that thing? <laughs> <laughs> Everything was going so well. Yeah. Right. amazing. Listen, I need to tell you, like, I was at the fucking bottom of it. Right, because mm. and then those are the times when when life makes sense to me, like it makes sense. It's not supposed to be like this, mm. right? It's the whole fucking thing. And, you know, the, the one thing that's that I, that, I, that I really, that always comes to mind for me, like that are, that are kind of hilltops and ranges and mountains to come that I can't see from where I'm at, mm. 
and that I must be able to successfully walk this one mm -hmm. to see the other ones that I can't see them from here. And when I'm there and I look back and go, fucking hell, man, I'm so glad I kept walking. Um, mm -hmm. Because that's ultimately, it's it's really as, it really is being someone who who continually traverse life and make your way through whatever it is you're going through mm. um, with sometimes with no hope, with nothing, right? All evidence is gone, but there's just this kind of very human urge for something greater, mm. and 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 that to me is very much the human experience. It's like, mm -hmm. yeah, I get to take this shot at life, this one. Mm -hmm. Um, I can wish for other lives, but this is the one that I've got. And I'm a big proponent of that, of like, of finally loving the life you have instead of lamenting the one you don't. Mm, that's big. That's a big lesson. Don't you think, Cameron? Yeah. That's a big life lesson. Yeah, because, you know, Phoenix said, my daughter, my seven-year-old, eight-year-old, oh my goodness, eight-year-old, she said last night, she said, I'm really upset because Marjorie might have a bigger unicorn than I do. And I said to her, I said, what Marjorie has, if she has like the biggest unicorn or if she has the smallest unicorn does not affect anything about your life. Yeah. And she's like, what do you mean? And I said, well, it doesn't, it doesn't matter what someone has. It's great to compare them, but it's not going to do anything for you. Mm -hmm. And that's yeah. the thing when you're on social media, like that person has this house and that person has that family and that person has that body and that person, yeah. but but that's not, if they have the best body or the worst body or a billion dollars or $10, that doesn't affect anything about your situation. Mm -hmm. And as much as you can like sit there for hours, just like, like obsessing on, on it, it doesn't change anything. Mm -mm. Yeah. You no. Know? Yeah. I mean, so I think, so my, my kids are all, you know, like big soccer kids, you know, they play mm. or football, if you're going to use the proper word for it. But anyway, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, they're big soccer kids. And, you know, they're talented. They're good. They're very good. Um, and sometimes you're going to play against players that are better than you, mm -hmm. you know. And so what? <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> um, that'll always be the case. Um, mm -hmm. But if I keep relating to that like that's the problem mm. now now i'm just in some dialogue with myself rather than wow i'm inspired by that or you know or i got some insight about that but myself or you know i think a big big thing that i really had to deal with as a parent was that i had to have all the fucking answers for them mm. i don't have all the answers for my fucking self how can it happen for you right. um but I think there's a, there's a, there's again, it's something for you to settle with. Like, and I'm not supposed to have all the fucking answers. Mm. Like, there's some of this shit we can work out together. There's some of this stuff you're going to have to work out yourself. Mm -hmm. um, and you'll get it right and you'll get it wrong, and it's okay. It's all part of the deal. I, there's such a big, a big kind of should around us as human beings. Mm. Um, and, and maybe we inherited some of that when we were growing up but we perpetuate it as adults. Mm. And it's a very interesting angle to take to start to observe the shoulds in your life. Like, mm. I should be this way. You should be that way. Mm -hmm. This should be this way. And that's, that framework, that kind of network, if you like, mm. 
is completely constraining for you, them, and the life you're actually living because you're constantly trying to make it line up with your invisible ideals. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. That's a good point. It's also hard not to live. It's hard to live in the moment sometimes too, when you have kids, because, yeah. you know, you're looking towards the future and it's like, you, you want to know the future for them, yeah. you know, so you can protect them or mm-hmm. so it's, I think I like for me, I know that I need to get out of my head in that way and just yeah take things well, as they come, you know? Well, I think, you know, if you just put it honest with yourself as a parent, you, the thing you're really trying to do is not fuck this up. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> one thing you don't want to fuck yes. up. There's nothing else to it. It's just like, I hope I don't fuck this up. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> of so all the things. Like, yeah, of right, all the things. Don't do fuck this one little, up. Anytime they do something little, you're like, oh, for fuck's sake, I just see you ended up in the state penitentiary. And all of a sudden, <laughs> you fucking lose a shoe or something, you know, but you just follow the thought. Um, so, so um, yeah, yeah, there's... People often say this, like, you know, it's kind of being in the now or being present or whatever you want to call it. You're always present. Mm-hmm. You're always in the now. There's no other fucking moment, right? Mm-hmm. It's not like you can be in last Thursday or or some, but your thoughts aren't always aligning with what's in front of your face. You're not always here, as I like to say, you're not always here for what's here. Mm-hmm. And if there's a reminder, if there's ever anything you need to remind yourself, it would be that. Mm-hmm. Like, like put a fucking post-it up on your, uh, on your uh, note up in your mirror. Mm-hmm. Be here for what's here. Mm-hmm. Uh, put it in your fucking mm-hmm. phone. Be here for what's here. Remind yourself five times a day. Be here for what's here. Mm-hmm. And when you read the thing, you check in. You're like, well, what is here? Like, mm-hmm. there's people here or I'm in this situation. Like, Or am I just drifting off in the automatic of my thoughts, which we do. Mm-hmm. We are, you know, automatic, you know, fucking bags of skin and bone mm-hmm. and, and 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 you know it's all the same fucking repetitive thoughts ways of being ways of acting that's why i say life is an interruption what are you interrupting you mm-hmm. you're interrupting you mm-hmm. and, and you're unwired not like the you you've become is a problem mm-hmm. but it's by its nature limited mm-hmm. it's a limitation it's a version of you that would best survive this life all of your greatness all your expression all of your all of the potential if you like as a human being is all what lies beyond that automatic it's like Mm -hmm. if you could wake up fucking two times a day you'd live a different life Mm -hmm. you know you don't it's not you just check in with yourself and say you know what i'm gonna go this way instead of that way Mm -hmm. i'm gonna do this instead of that Mm -hmm. and you know, one thing that I do, I do this is a practice of mine, you know, like every day when I get in the car with the kids, I say it's the fucking best day of my life. And I look in the mirror at the kids and I really, like I get, I get moved by it. Like I'm connected to, this is the fucking best day of my life. Mm-hmm. And you know, what? And I can't, and he's fucking me. me, me, me. <laughs> okay. Well, it's the best day of my life. <laughs> because I don't think we think about our mortality. I mean, I do every time I go to bed, I think yeah. about my mortality, but like, you know, I said to my husband the other day, I was like, wait a second. I I, I always think, well, I'm going to die when I'm really old, right? Yeah. Like 80, 90. But what if it's not? Like, what if this is the last day, you know? Right. Or what if this is the last week? Or what if this is the last month? And, right. you know, when people get diagnosed, like d- diagnosed with cancer or some, some 
you know, life-changing disease, Mm -hmm. they kind of know the time that they have and they say that they have left. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, you know, what happens with that is they seem to be living and present in every single thing because they know it's the end. Yeah. Maybe we should be always living like that. Mm-hmm. We should yeah. always be living like maybe this is the end. I know that's a macabre idea and thought, but maybe it yeah. should always be like, well, this could be the last day. And you mm-hmm. don't want to be wasting it blaming your husband or, you know, yelling yeah. at your kids. Yeah, or yourself. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think that's macabre at all. I, I think that's unbelievably empowering. Yeah. I think I think people who don't contemplate the end live with the illusion of time like mm-hmm. there's tons of time or you'll get there or yeah. you know like like when i'm writing a book it's not going to fucking write itself you mm-hmm. know yeah. and, and do i want to write books all the time no and i do it and i do it and, mm-hmm. and but but i find the joy in it it's not always yeah. there mm-hmm. yeah i have to find it or presence it so i think reminding yourself of your eventual departure Mm-hmm. Will pull you back from the brink of just frivolous bullshit, and, mm-hmm. and I really mean it like that. Like the stuff we get wrapped up in, like, oh yeah, well I'm not fucking talking to you. Like, is this what I'm doing with this yeah. one? Like, mm-hmm. like this is what I'm doing. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I'll just fucking make you wrong for the next two days of my yeah. short time on this earth. this is absurd and and that's if you go back and look at a lot of the great philosophers they talked about the absurdity they talked about the absurd nature of being human being like we 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 make life this frivolous silly instead of this fucking grand expression that it could be Mm -hmm. and all too often only realize that yeah either when it's too late or damn near the end See, we can't let it become too late, Tim, and that's what we no. have to do. We Gary, to- thank you so freaking, wait, fucking <laughs> talking <laughs> oh more God. at your speed, fucking much. <sighs> thank you so, so, I, again, I feel like I manifested this um, to happen as I was walking up uh, Runyon Canyon. I visualized speaking to you. So we're so grateful to have you on. Please, yes. can you let everyone know where they can find you? Um, anything you have coming out uh, yeah. where people can go. Yeah, I've got, so, you know, I've got, there's a number of books that I've got, but I've got a new book coming out in January. It's all about relationships and getting your relationships. Yeah. <laughs> Need and, it. Um, Unfuck and your it's relationship. In Notifications. <laughs> it's in my style. It's, there's no punches pulled. Um, but uh, you can find me on Instagram at Gary John Bishop. Um, you can also listen to the podcast Unfuck Nation, um, which is uh, just basically me. There's no guests. I don't interview people. I just sit and, and share what I've learned and, and, mm-hmm. and my my and my game of empowering people and making a difference to people. And um, you know, I'm also on Twitter and you know on Facebook. There's a lot of followers out there, and but I'm very active in all those channels and I'm making a difference and doing broadcasts and talking to people Amazing. and Amazing. you know empowering people. Yay. We're so excited that you could come on. Thanks guys so much. And please let us know who else you want to hear from. Um, like the amazing Gary and please, um, um, it's too early, Roxy. Um, <laughs> follow us on women. Jeez, yes, <laughs> women on top official on Instagram <laughs> and women on top podcast on Facebook, and we have the women on top podcast group on Clubhouse. And please don't forget to rate, subscribe, and follow and on your yes, comment on your favorite podcast app, so we can keep bringing amazing guests like Gary on. 
Thank you so much, guys. I am Taman Sursok. And I am Roxy Manning. And we are women on Make It Good. Stop. Stop. Stop.